This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. Joining us today at the round table of dim lighting is improv comedian, YouTube creator, co-creator of one of the most popular YouTube series of all time, Epic Rap Battles of History. That's right. Lloyd Alquist, a.k.a. Epic Lloyd. We are very excited about this one because as you might have known, we may, we've been in a couple of these epic rap battles of history ourselves. Is that like your bragging voice? This is my I humble brag voice. I hate to admit it, but we've been in three <laughs> epic rap battles of history. Now, the thing, we love these guys, both Pete and Lloyd. You know we talked to Pete uh, on last season of Ear Biscuits, and now we get to talk to the other half, to Lloyd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We love these guys because for, you know, they're great guys. Nice Peter really is nice, and Lloyd is really epic. He's also very nice. Nice, yeah, he's nice He's, too. he's epically nice. Um, but what if, what if what if he was called Epic Nice Lloyd? Like, that would be like weird. Like he was trying to one-up Nice Very Peter, weird. And it, that wouldn't be very nice, would it? Um, but one of the reasons we love these guys is because I love to get involved in something that I know is going to be great. Yeah. You know, we spend all this time trying to get our videos the way we want them to be and then we're still not satisfied 90% of the time. But so many times when you kind of get involved in somebody else's project, you're kind of like, well, I kind of think you should do it like this, but I'm not gonna speak up, I'm not gonna say anything. These guys knock it out of the park every single time. Like Link said, one of the most successful, probably the most successful series. I mean, in terms of a a, a series of this type, definitely the most successful uh, musical series ever on the YouTubes. Yeah, and of course we were uh, recently featured as Lewis and Clark in the latest, in one of the latest rap battles. Did you hear that, Merriweather? I think they mean to brawl. Um, so here's a clip of that. So we had a great conversation with Lloyd. He's already a good friend of ours. Whenever we get to hang out, uh, guesting on a spot like that. Right, so you're gonna get to hear the Lloyd half of the story of how this all came together with Epic Rap Battles of History. And just Lloyd's background in general, uh, a lot of people don't know that he didn't just start with uh, improv comedy, but he's continued with that and actually has a hand in uh, an improv comedy theater here in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I really enjoy picking his brain about improv comedy. He said he wants to write a book about it. That's how passionate he is about it. He has like a formula. Yeah, he has a formula. So um, that amongst the whole backstory of epic <clears throat> rap battles and, and the organic, yes, I use the term, way that that kind of came about. Right. Uh, it's very fascinating. So um, stick around for that. You will enjoy it. We want to let you guys know, uh, if you didn't already, we just released an album called Song Biscuits Volume One, uh, released it on iTunes last week. As you know, if you watch the Good Mythical Morning channel for the past uh, few months, on Saturday we have been doing a Song Biscuit, an original mm-hmm. song based on your suggestions, oftentimes a collaboration with another YouTuber. And these songs were <clears throat> conceptualized and then written and performed all in about an hour or so. And but you know what, it turned out an, to be a great yeah. set of 15 different songs that you can go buy individually on iTunes or you can get the entire album for get the whole album, 8 dollars And I think it's also available through Amazon if you are not an iTunes person. Yeah, so uh, support our mythical endeavors by downloading that album and spend more time with us in your in your ears in between these ear biscuits. And we may or may not be animating a few of those. I'm not gonna say, well, I'm gonna but you say might've just got the scoop are, on ear biscuits. We are gonna be doing that. We also wanna mention uh, our sponsor, EF College Break. You know, we've talked about them a few times. The travel experts at EF College Break make travel easy, affordable, and even more fun for anyone ages 18 to 28. College not required. Now here's the thing. When you make the decision to travel and to plan it all yourself, you may end up like the guy who recently wanted to plan a trip to Granada, but he actually 
planned a trip to Granada. Yeah, they sound the same, but one is in Spain and one is in the Caribbean and he wanted to go to the one in Spain. Well, it, okay, I thought you were gonna say, one is in the Carib- Caribbean and one is in a prison. Well, so I mean, yeah, it yeah, could have yeah, been yeah, worse. Right. But you know what he did? He hey, sued I, the I airline. Accidentally, he sued the airline after accidentally going to the Caribbean? If you don't remember that the one with the E's in Spain and the one, or I don't know, the one without the E, see, I don't know. I could go to either one right now. I would be happy. But the or point just go is, to EFCollegeBreak.com. The point is, is that, why why try to do this? I, I'm actually, I'm planning a, 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 you know, I'm not 18 to 28. I'm older than that. But I'm just trying to plan a little anniversary trip with my wife to Santa Barbara and I can't figure out what to do there. If I could have How somebody. How are you gonna go overseas? You, you're not. Right, you, you wanna try to make a real trip happen across a continent? You need help with that, brothers and sisters? Yeah, um, they have the options, they have the expertise. Check out their website. They've built trips across six continents, including a grand tour of Ireland, Costa Rican adventure, Aye. and a road trip through Europe. And they provide a tour director who's also a local expert, so you don't get egg on your face, unless that's the tour, the egg on your face tour, which is not, a, that. That is not an option. And don't worry about signing up by yourself because you won't be alone. If you sign up, you will get grouped together with other people that you will like and enjoy traveling with. Well, I can't make that promise, but if you're open-minded, maybe. So do it, head over to our special URL, efcollegebreak.com slash retinlink, and we will hook you up with $100 off your next adventure. That's right, $100 off, efcollegebreak.com slash Rhett and Link. And now on to the biscuit. Thanks for coming uh, to the round table of dim lighting, Lloyd. My, very much my pleasure. You were late, but that's okay. I know, I'm very sorry. Let's start with that. I'm so sorry, I was What late. happened, man, traffic? Uh, there was, what's, there the, was, what's your LA excuse? I feel like... Uh, <laughs> It's so, we're so far apart. You can't, I know, I'm also. We're having this conversation. (laughs) I'm also talking to you as if like people are listening, which they are, but (laughs) like it always changes, you know? It does a little bit. My dad used to have this businessman voice on the phone. He'd be like, this is Bruce (laughs) Alquist. It was like nothing like his real voice. What did he do? Uh, He would be like, Bruce Alquist. And he would talk like Bozo. Was he? But was he? Uh, he was like an Elvis a, impersonator. So, is <laughs> a Bruce Elvis? Little Bruce Elvis. <laughs> I was he, late because we was were a carpenter. trying to do something else. Yeah, he's a, like a um, like a handyman, carpenter, plumber, or whatever you want to do. My my dad does some of that stuff too. I always oh. say my wife has a um, very like super sweet phone, phone voice. voice, and then she'll like. Turn to me, and it's like a totally different. Where's talk. that phone voice? It's yeah. gone. Yeah, talk, talk <laughs> I was on the phone. Why were you talking to talk me? To me in that sweet phone voice. I definitely change the tone of my voice when I'm like assuming a certain status. You know, like if you have to f- sound like you're in charge, or or if you're like having to sound like you're be you know charismatic or whatever. But right, right now you sound like the friend Lloyd, and that's what we want. Okay, well don't bring out the enemy Lloyd because <laughs> I am in trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did you ever have one of those friends who um, uh, started talking lower but you could tell he was trying to talk lower? Like in puberty years? Yeah, well like, it, it just happened in like high school. We, we have a couple of friends, no no names will be named. <laughs> uh, Bill. Who, who it, like, we went to high school with him and then saw him like a couple of years after high school and he was like talking like this, but he was like, his like voice. really trying to talk low. Oh, no, I don't know anybody who's done that. I definitely like if I'm talking to like, like I I don't know. I I talk like more hood if I'm hanging around with like a bunch of like my, my hood friends or whatever. So mm, right, or, I definitely if, go more southern. Yeah, oh, yeah, like even when I just said my dad, I yeah. said dad. Yeah, and it was almost that bad. My dad, because yeah. that's how that's how he kind of talks. My dad, he doesn't affect his voice when he's talking on the phone like your dad, but he can't get off the phone. That's the thing my dad has is at Oof. the end of the phone conversation when you're just supposed to say bye. Yeah, my dad's like one more thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't say English either. He speaks an alien language that is a long goodbye. Like, like you're me. We're like, okay, Dad, love you. Okay, bye. Okay, Dad, love you. Uh, uh, thanks a lot for the call. Okay. Um. Uh, all right. Okay. Thanks. Well. Uh, you, well. You okay? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've got to go. Uh, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm right. on the phone. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm still, not exaggerating. He's not still exaggerating. Still doing it. I, in fact, he let me listen to it one time. There I put it on speaker. He put it on speaker, and I was like, because no, he had told me this, and I was like, there's no way that he, and then he did just what he just did. And he doesn't stutter uh, or anything. It's just at the end of a conversation. It's just, That's got to be a, 
a southern thing. No, that's, that's definitely. <laughs> I think it's isolated to Link's dad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> southern father. Just da- southern dad. I, you know, I told you this. I want to get into um, the the mechanisms of writing the epic rap battles. Because I mean, as as we tell you every time, we're like super thankful to be involved in these things with you and Pete. Glad and it, it's, it's 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 always amazing. It's amazing to to be a guest on something that's like, oh, 10 million views right out of the gate. You know, that's yeah. a, that's an amazing thing to just know that uh, it, there's like, there's a pressure that's off actually, I feel like, because there's so much of what we do that you're just like, okay, well, we're working so hard on this. Is it gonna be worth it? I mean, right. do, do you get that sense at this point with the success of an epic rap battle that it's like there's a, you're able to release and say, all right, people love this. It's it, there's a baseline view that is it's tremendous. Does that take a pressure off, or does that add more pressure? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's a little bit of both. Like, I feel like it's it's a constant. It, it makes the pressure constant. I think, which maybe relieves it in overall. You know, because it's like we don't do that many videos, so we have to put a you know a lot a lot of time into each one. So we just try to give all of them everything we have. Um, definitely some do better than others for sure. I mean, there's like 10 million view disparity. Disparity. Thank you. Thank you. I just turned into your dad there for a second. A difference. So it definitely, it definitely, there's disparity in some of them, but I don't think about, is this one going to be good or is that one going to be good? I think more about the characters or if we have guests like you guys and thank you for those nice things you said. It's always, I mean, Working with you guys has been so cool. When we first started the battles, we were like, oh, let's put together like an ensemble cast and we'll just keep using the same people over and over again. And we like thought about casting and doing an audition and stuff, but, but it's kind of become this very organic kind of ensemble cast yeah. that we work with. So it's really nice. Um, so I just try to focus on, if there are special guests like you guys, I try to focus on making you guys the best song that we possibly can. And that takes the pressure off of like the world stuff because it's like just localizes it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, but there's yeah. also, a, I mean, there's your own self-imposed standard. Yeah. I really get a sense that you guys are, you have this internal standard. And it, I think it's, I don't know, I've just gotten the impression it's more about that. Like I know yeah. you guys work so hard on crafting each of these things. Yeah, we definitely push each other and we definitely... No, we only make twelve battles a year, so like we can do, we have to do it really, really well. So, just start to walk us through the process. Like when we were there, uh, recording the vocals, like we were hanging out before we went in to do the Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. vocals, and uh, right now we're just kind of eyeing the whiteboard and trying to decipher the process <laughs> because it was okay. Obviously, there's like this collaborative place where somebody's writing on a whiteboard, and there's like different lines, yeah, that are up there. Mm-hmm. Like that are it, they're comedic concepts. How does how does a song? We do a ton start? of research first. We do a ton of first. We decide on the matchup, obviously. And, yeah. and is that always a suggestion? Always a suggestion, but it's kind of easy now because there's so many suggestions that if usually there's something in our brain and we just can go and find search. It. You so, search for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean that's it's a very nice thing, but it's always from the audience. But um, there's certainly a lot to choose from. So we first decide on that. Then we decide usually on a beat. The beat will will influence the style of writing. We try to find a beat that that feels right for the. But let's know, t- well, let's talk Lewis and Clark then. Yeah, like picking that beat. Well, first of all, you picked Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. versus Bill and Ted. Let's just walk through this one since we're so fond of it. <laughs> you know? Cool. Like you, how did you pick it? The beat. No, let's lose the concept. Oh, um, we picked it because. Are you I- in a room? You and Pete, no. are you on the phone? Are there other, there's other people at this point? Well, we'll come, we'll, we'll go to the studio. That's where we usually work, you know, and we, we hang yeah. out there. And, you know, as we approach, when we, we map out like the production time or months or whatever, we have a couple of weeks in there that we decide on matchups, decide on beats and stuff like that. And so during that time, we just kind of brainstorm. And there's usually, you, we usually do about six at a time. And there's usually about three that we've been talking about and didn't get to do the, the previous season or whatever that like kind of fit in. Or one of us will have our favorites that we'll just try to, Get back into the right into the you know, so and when you're making that decision, how much of it is based on uh, oh people are going to love this or we're going to love this? And the reason I ask that is because mm-hmm. when you think about Lewis and Clark and Bill and Ted, I mean, first of all, in general, 
history, you're already dealing with things that maybe a lot of kids out there are not gonna know about to begin with, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when you're dealing with like a reference like Bill and Ted, you're also kind of talking to people. America. Who are Americans who are 30, 30 years old and up, right? Yeah. Te- technically. Yeah. Um, well, I assume you started with Bill and Ted. You didn't, you were like chomping at the bit to do a Lewis and Clark rap battle? Well, we knew you guys were gonna, we knew you guys were gonna play Lewis. We knew Bill and Ted versus Lewis and Clark probably since like season, the beginning of season three. Oh, really? <laughs> and it was always gonna be you guys from the very beginning. That's that's a fact. Really? So, yeah. So the fact that you guys were playing Lewis and Clark are like, oh yeah, that's gonna be great. So that made that really exciting to But you chose, but you chose a rap battle about uh, Bill and Ted and then paired them with conceptually with Lewis and Clark as like the first step. Uh, what do you mean? Like you chose to, to pit them against each other, the characters. Yeah, 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 for sure. We chose a matchup first, but that matchup has been around for a long time, is what I'm saying. So the matchup has been around. And so, like, me and Pete knew we could probably do Bill and Ted, and you guys as Lewis and Clark was super easy. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 like a specific. Is it? We try to do fifty fifty. We try to like stay true to ourselves and see what's going to be funny for us, and not try to get too pandery, you know, in terms right. of like, oh, like we don't do like the, the latest flash in the pan, you know. Yeah. Usually, the rule is if they're going to be still remembered in fifty years from now, even if it's just by a specific pocket of people, okay, like then we'll do it. Lewis and Clark are obviously, you know, yeah. they're going to be there, and and Bill and Ted. There's, I mean, Keanu Reeves is still very, uh, you know popular and that other guy you know whoever yeah. uh <laughs> did you see john wick as part of your uh, uh reconnaissance uh who that john? new keanu movie <laughs> okay oh, that, there's my answer no i no. saw it i heard it was good it was it good uh i read it, it, it was, was not good. as good as it was it was made out to be mm. oh sorry but it was keanu. better than people expected it to be before they wrote that it was better yeah, than you right, expected exactly. to be oh yeah right so is it better than jupiter rising with channing tatum i haven't oh, seen that no, i haven't, haven't seen that either so Take you, that so you, Channing Tatum. So you finally get around to to making this one, and like you know, we're we're basically just sitting on the doorstep, just waiting to come in and like record another one. We didn't even have to ask <laughs> yeah, us. We got more. We got more. And I think I told you this, but um, one of the first books that I remember reading as a kid and crying in my bedroom alone when I was done reading it was uh, a book about Lewis and Clark. When they finally made it. When they finally made it. Why, you it, cried? I cried. I have never cried because of, I've never of cried book. reading a book. I'm a, I mean, grade school hmm. kid in my, like, I don't know, it was just, it was a long book. It was a part of my life for a long time because I'm a, I'm, I'm a slow reader. Yeah. And they finally made it. You were finally done with the book and I, after I, 18 no, months. No one told me they had made it, Lloyd. I mean, I, you like, no one spoiled yeah, the yeah, alert. Yeah, you yeah, the yeah, history right. of the United States. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, the they made you, it. You were in the suspense the whole time. But, you know, yeah. Why would they have a book about these guys if they didn't make it? I connected, I really, <laughs> good try. It was really called, connected with me. And they died. Well, he, I mean, it did it, get sad. The suicide was it, not part of the book. Yeah. In like sad. my grade school yeah. level version. You learned Mary, that from Ken Burns. It was a sad. I learned that from the epic rap battle lyrics. Nice. No, I, I oh, did you learn, knew that from Ken Burns. I learned Burns. that from Ken Burns. I didn't know I didn't know that until we started doing a research. I didn't know he killed himself until we started reading about it and stuff. So So then you sit down and you start right. writing this thing. Yeah, I start Pete and I obviously have very different not obviously, we have very different styles of writing and almost everything that we do. Okay. So Pete, well, first thing we'll do is just start brainstorming, you know, if in a, in a perfect world, now that we're into the production, like we're sort of our heads all over the place and we're like piecing things together. But like when we come into it relaxed and good, we'll have me and Pete and sometimes Zach and, and uh, Mike, another writer of ours, and we'll just toss around ideas. What are the things that you would want to know about Bill and Ted? What are the, what are the top 10 things you think of right away? What are the middle 10 things? We have this kind of SAT, ACT um, way of writing things, which is like three tiers of jokes. And in ACT or SATs, you have like three tiers of questions one that everybody will get mid-level b is like you know a couple people will get and then i mean like uh, more average people will get and then c is like a really niche only super fans will get so now, we'll try to- let me ask you are you describing it that way to us or is that how you talk amongst yourselves when writing too like we've got our Three tiers and and are there three tiers on a whiteboard or is this just we don't we don't get that structured with it that's just what we have in our brain and we talk about it that way 
when we talk about the writing process. You want to be able to categorize a joke to know that you've, if you've got a whole yeah. song full of third tier jokes or yeah. you want an even dispersion of yeah. jokes. Yeah, you want you want to be able to, if someone's never seen Bill and Ted, you want them to be able to understand from watching it and seeing it that it's funny. But then you also have to have those jokes that the Bill and Ted super uber fans will love. Yeah. And then the middle of the road jokes that like, Oh, you know, I'm kind of familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Oh, that's that Rufus guy. Oh, yeah, I remember him. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll Cause, list cause, out cause the because you things. know you're going to get the Sacagawea yeah. like um, joke in there. Nuts it's just Sacagawea. A, it's just a question. W- how one of the yeah. best? One yeah. of the best. <laughs> <laughs> Nuts Sacagawea puns. Yes, if it's one of the best. <laughs> so you're so you're starting with comedic concepts categorized on a whiteboard. Yeah. There's no there's no rhyming pairs. I mean, I saw it for yeah. for another one. Yeah, not yet. No couplets yet. Usually, you know, we'll just kind of be like, okay, th- these are fun. This is good. This is good. This is good. Yeah, you should know that. And then out of that, usually some sort of rhyme will come out. Like if you say Sacagawea, someone will be like, what, what rhymes? With, that's a fun word. What rhymes with that? Usually we'll do that for a while and then break away and start writing on our own, like writing jokes together, crafting jokes together. Do you divide up who's writing what or you're like, no. you're both working on the same thing um, independently? Um, it's gotten really, really varied. Like your guys' verse, like in, in the, in past songs, like, um, um, in the Ninja Turtles, like Pete wrote the first, uh, part of the artists. And then I wrote like the middle part and then he wrote the back end and then I wrote the front end of Ninja Turtles and he wrote the front end. And, and then the other guys are like punching in jokes and punching up jokes. And like anybody in the room could be saying something. Dante will say something or, you know, and ha- yeah, how many people are in that process at that point when you're in the room? Four or five. Yeah. Okay. Usually four or five. And then, and then usually it's, it comes down to me and Pete one night late, like just punching it out, it out and getting yeah. it done. Yeah. But Okay. I'm really going to dig into the yeah. when you go into the room by yourself because mm. I mean it's fascinating for us because we also do this, you know, and mm-hmm. first of all, we're not going to both go into a room and write the same verse because then that's double work. Yeah. We're going to divide this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So y'all you're a little crazy there. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> Red and I don't want to create any more work. If he's going to write something, I'm for sure not going to also write it. Right. And and risk it not being used. Well, we don't we don't do it that way. Like we'll divide it up. Especially if I'm playing a character and Pete's playing a character, we'll spend a lot of time writing each our own character. But right. Pete does a lot more of the mixing and a lot more of the like costuming and stuff than I do. So I at times I'll need to carry a little bit more weight on the writing and just the writing side. Okay. And then it always changes once you go into the studio to record it anyway. So I have always, when I used to write back in the day, when we used to butt heads a lot more with everybody. Um, I used to like write these jokes and really fall in love with them and really have them be precious and to be like, it would be like a big argument when we were trying to change them. And now I write things and I, and I think it, I think about 85% of it will, will stay. Like uh-huh. once it get at first, like as it gets down Farther and farther, it's it closer. But like we've changed the entire back ends of the song in the studio on the mic in the headphones just because it wasn't just wasn't feeling right for some reason right. or just wasn't going right. But when you okay, but when you're like in there writing your piece, like you you wrote the beginning of Lewis and Clark. Uh-huh. You can't be starting with Lewis. You can't and be Clark. starting with Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Yeah, I keep did. going. <laughs> they got a path in my like, yeah. like I'm walking. That used to be we we blaze a trail on. It used to be blazer trails, but then we used blazer trail later on in the song. We're like, oh, we gotta change the front one. I was like, can't oh, blaze yeah. twice. You can't blaze twice. So they cut a path through MC's like yeah, a that walk. That almost in works the park. better now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I want to know because you're you're sitting there. You've got jokes. Mm-hmm. What, that's how we start too. We we have jokes. We used to fall in love with like that sounds good, and then mm-hmm. no one cared if it wasn't funny. But right. it, the thing that you guys, I'm always in awe, you guys, is how amazing the flows are. I mean, there's a the level of artistry. It's so difficult to bake comedy into something that sounds so legitimate. Wow. I mean, it's not comedy music. It's, I mean, you're making usually rap you have music. to make usually you have to make a compromise. Yeah, yeah, in one one direction or the other. And so, how does that how does that work? I mean, there's this. Re- I mean, you. Ha- I know because I've had to learn it. I've actually tried to do it a lot. Right. And that's create something that has an amazing flow mm-hmm. that I would actually sound like an actual rapper. <laughs> I, wa- I want to see that comment. Yeah. Um, because those were my heroes as a kid, rappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, would, I just want one comment and thousands to say, well, that was actually a good flow. That's a good flow. But right? you, I mean, you, you, you obviously give a lot, you devote a lot of effort to that because it, 
it shows. But how do you do that? I mean, you're sitting there saying, "Well, I, I mean, I always, whenever I, I started rapping as an escape from comedy. So I never considered my, I never wanted to do comedy rap, and I, I consider the rap battles comedy, but no more comedy than any other rap battle is. It's just more understandable and digestible because everybody understands the context. So I, I don't really consider myself a comedy rapper. If you look at any of the original music that I do, it's all hip hop and it's none of it's really funny. So I, I do write it just like a regular rap song. And then, you know, in, in, in coming up with the flows, I think that's the, that's the kind of the art of being an MC and being, you know, it's, it's like skiing or slaloming or something or surfing or figuring out how you want to like the beat is that double Dutch you know, mm-hmm. and then you just got to figure out what your woo-up is once you get inside of there. And then, uh, so I just, that's why the beat is so important. And, and it's, it's, it's tough to write the track without the beat first, because that can start to sound really, really, yeah. really like repetitive after a while. So, and back in the day when we used to write, you can hear it too. We were, you know, we've grown as you get, but you can hear the jokes split it up. You can hear it's like set up punchline, then set up punchline. Oh, yeah. And now as we've evolved, you get longer verses that kind of flow and they're all blended together a little bit better. Right. When you um, can get when you can get that, I mean, boy, we back in the day we would have maybe three setup lines for one punchline. You know, like mm-hmm. and you and you just hear it. It's just like throwaway. It's like, oh just just just, get just to get there. But yeah. it but it's Connect interesting that I hear you saying that it's not even you're not even doing setup punchline anymore, really. I mean, there's some of those in there, but that's not really the approach Every, at all. Everything's a joke. It's, I mean, yeah. everything's it's, a it's well, it's purposeful. conceptual. Everything's purposeful. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything's it's punchline, punchline. That's how we do it. Well, an interesting thing is is I don't you may have forgotten this, but I remember the first time Pete sent us the Super Mario Brothers mm. uh, and Wright Brothers, and our, you know we were the Wright Brothers, yeah. and. Um, he sent us the lyrics, and he 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 sent us the lyrics, and he was like, you know, let me, he kind of had a little bit of a, you know, let me know if you have any thoughts or kind of thing, and so we were just kind of assuming that this is probably like a lot of the collaborative videos that we had done in the past. We kind of wanted to like do our due diligence to kind of make it our own and that kind of thing. So we, I didn't know what he meant by give us any notes, and so we like kind of came back with. Um, we think we should probably say this here or this here, ha- like having no insight really into like the machine that had, and it was a little bit less of a developed machine at that time. Sure. Um, but I, I can't remember his response word for word, but it was a, it was basically, no, <laughs> we're not going to do that. And, it, and and now hearing this conversation, of course, and we would never in a million years would we have done that on the second or the third Um because it's so it's gone through this process and it's gotten to be exactly what you guys want to do but it was more we were kind of approaching it from that oh yeah some YouTubers collaborating together we we should probably give our thoughts on this right. just because we're being a part of it uh, but now there's like this uh, g- going into that process when we get the, that you know your guys demo track yeah I'm like how can I make it is much like what they have presented <laughs> it's going to be me being right. yeah it's like know, don't change you know Clark. it's like a director that yeah, uh, the really good director who you can trust you the script. Kn- you know, you're not supposed to change the script because that's how they work. I mean, that is how you, you guys put so much into it. Yeah, it's there's there's no need to. It's not we're not going to riff on this thing. <laughs> we're not going to improv our way into something better. Well, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, th- we well, thank you for all those nice things. It's really cool of you guys to say. I think that's always been our goal is to. I mean, to we understand how busy most people that we work with are so like and I, i've been on the opposite side of that when someone sends you something you're like Ugh, yeah, yeah, yeah i can't really work with this and now i feel really awkward that i have to kind of go in there and do this so our, our goal was always to like try to blow people away with the demo but when and, you're writing for snoop dog yeah man that was i mean at, at that point you cut i mean we learned a lesson from that. we learned a big lesson from that. really and it was uh like the, i don't know what it was empowering i guess because we wrote the lyrics but we never sent him a demo and he was playing uh moses against <laughs> santa santa <laughs> which is <laughs> what a bizarre <laughs> i love that pairing. i was i was scratching my head a little bit on that one but okay uh, you know whatever <laughs> uh, um but we didn't send him a demo we just sent him the lyrics because we're like, that's Snoop Dogg. He's he'll figure he wants to do he'll fi-, and he was. You like, sent him the instrumental. That's we sent all. him the instrumental and the lyrics, and we sent him the Santa part, and we just t- holes of what his part was. So there are no vocals for his part, right? 
and and he he was joking around. I was like, these my these dudes are messing with me. They didn't even send me a demo. They just make me freestyle on this thing. So we were like, we took out of that. Oh, and it was like a sort of a light bulb moment. Of like, of course, like so, like as as least work as a guy that's that busy has to, has got to be. Send him that, and then if he wants to change it, of course he'll change it. But like. I so he like, came. He came in, and that was the the flow that he had come up with, or he asked for the a demo later. He didn't. We never got the track with him. He just went to his own private basement studio with his guy and the send us back and worked the it song. Out. And so it was, it was still awesome. Yeah. But like, I think he he was just he just thought that was funny that we didn't send it to him. We were like, oh man, we didn't want to step on your toes. But you never. Yeah. But you never did. You heard no. this after he had come up with the flow and everything. Yeah. So you put Snoop to work. Well, we did you make a demo. We made a demo. But you didn't send it to him. We didn't send it to him. You scared. To work. You, you oh, scared I, I can totally get that. So you put yeah. Snoop to work. Hey man, got to do it. <laughs> and and was his better? Oh man, I mean, don't just don't answer. It was it. yeah. I, I didn't ask it was that so question Snoop. because it was you have so, to say yes. We got I'm it sure on it tape. Great. We got it on tape that when we first they sent it over and it was like we downloaded this file and we're like we're gonna hear Snoop saying our stuff. Yeah, and we have the whole video. We're gonna put it in the BTS, but we I don't know. We didn't get in there for some reason. But like, it was just like us being like. So for Lewis and Clark, you get to this point where you know that. All right, they've discovered a whole bunch of stuff. Uh-huh. And so what are you going to do with that? Yeah, we thought like in that, you know, that like sort of roundtable discussion I was talking about, we thought it would be cool to like for them to like to list off a bunch of stuff. And then I went online and, and I did like I did like a search for, I don't know, Lewis and Clark animals. And there was like this one page that listed off all the animals that they discovered. And it was really, like, it was like a long You're list. like, I bet somebody's rhymed. <laughs> like, yeah. we- weasel, eagle. Yeah. And yeah. then Beaver, um, Beaver also Beaver. rhymed with Weasel and Eagle, I think. Yeah, because it does, man. It does. Uh, rattles. So that's so Zach, the guy who played Einstein. He's re, he's like the most wordsmith of us all. Like he's the best in terms of like like syllables and and the the crafting of a word that comes together. So for that section, I sent him that link and the idea, and and then he sent back like three different versions of a list, and then I took what he took, what he wrote, and I like kind of worked it into the beat and like so it changed probably like 30% more and so that's how that process it's really nice it's like a handing off of you know the ball to each other quite a bit so it's really it's it's a nice collaborative process um we want to get back to um well we want to go back to the the Lloyd the pre epic rap battles of history Lloyd uh to figure out how you became this guy okay uh, and that takes us back to uh New Hampshire yeah yep. you were born there no, I Where was born, born in uh, Staten Island, New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was born in New York and I uh, moved to New Hampshire when I was like three or two. And I spent like all of high school and, you know, up through high school, graduated high school from New Hampshire. And then um, I Siblings? moved around. Two brothers, my older brother, Kirk, and my younger brother, Travis. So the middle brother, what's the dynamic there? Um, I got, like got, got lost in the mix. I Lloyd lost, lost in the mix. Lost in the mix. I got to be a little bit of both because my younger brother is eight years younger than me. Oh, okay. So I was the younger brother for like the first eight years. So that was cool. I have a great relationship with both of those guys. They were great. Um, I'm going to be an uncle soon. My little brother's having a baby baby girl. So I'm going to go down. He lives in um, how Florida. How old is the older brother than you? How many Kirk years? is a year and a half older than me. So was he the one who was like bringing the rap tapes in no. the house? Nope. Nope, oh, really? Not at all. That's not my brother, Kirk. Um, how did I get into rap? I got into rap. I'm not, I'm not, my memory is not real good. And I don't, I'm not like, I'm not, there's like different types of people, you know, and I'm not mm-hmm. like a cataloger. Like I can't, I can't remember any words to any lyrics. Oh, really? Any song. The only, I wrote, I wrote a line about that. The only words to rhymes I remember are mine. And I forget those a lot too. <laughs> um so I wasn't like I was into like all kinds of music, and then I really started getting into rap, probably like in college. Oh, that okay. Yeah. When I started doing improv, we we did it. We did one like little improv game that was like freestyle rap game. We're like, what if we freestyled rap? That would be so crazy oh, okay. and amazing. So we started doing that. But it was then, co- but it was comedy first. It was, but then it became very quickly about like freestyling and ciphers at parties. You okay. know what I mean? And like, and then then because we would do these freestyle sessions, like other guys who were rhymers would start to hang out. So I would start hanging out with those type of guys more. And then, so were you yeah. a uh, so were you a performer from a younger age? Was that like something in your blood? That was a thing. I played Bilbo Baggins in a sixth grade play. Y'all, what? Oh, really? Uh, 
Yeah, I hairy did... feet and everything. Yeah, well, it was low budget, so I didn't get any hairy feet. <laughs> and maybe oh. it was like makeup. I did get that from my older brother. Like I, he was in high school plays, and I, so then I started doing plays. Okay. I was a, I was a gymnast all throughout college and high school, so I was much more of like a jock than a than a rings. Kid. Yeah, rings. Yeah, you everything. look like yeah, I can everything. see you on some rings. Pa- pommel horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Dang. Could you? What could you do, do on rings right now if we had a set? Almost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could probably do a handstand. That's about it. That's not like it's not like shooting a basketball. It's not like you could be like fifty five years old and you're like, yeah, I can still shoot. Mm, you like the, yeah, the, the really. rings is tough. Not real. Yeah, it's tough. It's so you, a so, you, of, you, so you did that from a young age. If you were uh-huh. like doing the, the gymnast thing, it's it's like kid indoctrination. Yeah, it's like it owns your life. If you're like a you're trying yeah. to be an Olympian, right? Yeah. Well, that, it's definitely much more like a. It, I think you practice a lot. I practice a lot more than like most sports. Is just like after school, you play for a couple hours and you go home. This was like we would have two a days in summer, and we, you know, it, it was like from three to like nine every day, you know, and Saturdays too. And then like you know, once you got into college, we didn't really get Christmas, and you know, it was it was intense. It was Division One, so it was. It where'd was, where'd it was you go to school? UMass Amherst. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And do you? As a gymnast, do you do everything, or is it like, no, nah, he's he's the rings guy? I was an all arounder up until I got. And, and once you get to college, they start to specialize you. But there is a specialized one called all around. So guys who especially do that. I started. I, I hurt my. That's how I ended up getting into comedy. Is I blew my knees out. So I, I was able. I had extra time to take like the acting classes that I always wanted to take. Was and, it just like a matter of deteriorating over time? Over time, was there like an injury where? It just, and, yeah. I, had a pretty gnarly accent. Tell us um, about it in detail. <laughs> well, your knees are like a degenerative thing. So they're attached. Your knee is definitely the Achilles heel of the human body. So it's attached what's by- what's the Achilles heel? It's, it, it's <laughs> The knee. It's the knee. <laughs> <laughs> but once you hurt your knee, it's easier to hurt it again. You know, so I started, I, I was a wrestler. There was at one point in high school when I would wake up at five in the morning, go do diving, then do school, then wrestle after school, and then go from wrestling practice to gymnastics practice. So in the state tournament of wrestling, this guy shoot in, shot in on my knee and like hit it sideways. Oh, gosh. And it like, it called, it's called a subluxation. So it like slid out of the socket and then back in. Uh, then I pinned his ass and uh, <laughs> couldn't move on because my knees swelled up. But so the, you were, it made you mad. Like I, I, it hurt that bad that you was, were like, he is not going to beat me. He's not. I he's going to change my mad. life trajectory, I know. but he's not going to win this match. <laughs> it totally happened. That's really weird. Uh, but then that, that, that's, then I start, then I hurt my knee in gymnastics once. And then in college, I was doing this trick where you, it's on the floor, you, you know what a round off is? It's like forward momentum into back. It's like a cartwheel where your legs come together. Uh-huh. So you do a round off and then it's called a whip back, and which is like a really fast flip. And then you do another flip out of that. But I rolled my ankle in the whip back. So I rolled my right ankle in the whip back and then I flung over. And I remember in the midair, I was like, oh, that hurt my ankle. Thank God that wasn't my knee. I literally thought that. And then when I landed, I just landed side. My whole knee popped oh. out. Like, so I have two screws in my left knee. So I rehabbed that for a year and I was on crutches for like seven months. And then I got back and I got back competing again. And then I blew my right knee. I tore my ACL on my right knee on, oh, pa- really? on parallel bars. So then after that, that how was you, like, how, how do was you tear a knee on a parallel bar? Dismounting. I was doing a, like a, a layout with t- like a double twisting layout off. And so I landed, and I was still spinning and then like, you know, you kind of turn into the ground. So. <laughs> <sighs> it hurt. It was, it, it was just very like, uh, demoralizing yeah because, after everything you'd been yeah. through with the recovery yeah. and then it's the other knee yeah. even it's not even the same knee yeah it was tough but that's what opened up everything for comedy for but me. how low did it get at that moment i mean is it like yeah, what were you planning on doing was this was it was it a it was it was uh, it was i it was almost a blessing because i wasn't going to be in the olympics you know what i mean like i wasn't the coaching wasn't good enough i hadn't been doing it long enough i didn't have enough you know there's just you know at that point whether you're going to be in the olympics or not right um so it was almost a blessing, like because it was taking up so much of my time, and I didn't really love it. You know what I mean? It's like you almost do it out of obligation, and you do it out of like a lifestyle because it's kind of what you've always done. But I it's didn't. your world. I mean, yeah, but I didn't love it. And then I started doing this improv stuff, and I could How, focus on that. But what was that choice? Was that a switching tracks, or were you just doing that on the side? So it was like, well, I was doing it on the side, but when I got hurt, I had more time. You know what I mean? Because you rehab, but like your practice is like six hours a day. But if you're hurt, you know, you rehab for an hour or two, but I, ha- I could do plays. I could do this improv stuff 
at night, you know, it was like a show at seven or something. I could do it. So I, I just was able to do, I was, I was doing these improv shows on crutches, you know, that's, really? that's how I met my, were like, you like, yeah, were you like incorporating the crutch into all of your like characters and bits? Th- yeah, a little bit. I would <laughs> a little bit. until I got done. <laughs> were you uh, already kind of funny? Like a guy that was just like, oh, uh, uh, amongst my friends, I'm a funny guy. I, maybe I should do improv or I want to be funny. So I'm going to do improv. Um, that is a funny thing to say. I never thought about doing comedy ever in high school. I was I was like a talkative and charismatic guy, probably a little bit funny. But I never thought I always thought I would be like serious acting and stuff. And then I did this improv exercise in a college class and it went really well. And then we went to a improv show that night as a class and this kid was happened to sitting next to me being like, Oh, you should join this group. They just had an audition on campus. So I went and did that and that's how I got into doing comedy. I what never yeah, do thought you, I would do that. What do you have that makes you good at improv personally? Um, I have, uh, there are two types of improvisers. There are like two categories. There's heart players and head players and head players, uh, use their mind to protect their heart. So, and they make funny, witty, sharp jokes. They're intellectual players. And I'm very, very pure heart and character player. So I'm much, I don't, I'm not, like I said, I don't remember lyrics. I can't, re- I can't make a lot of deep references or anything, but I can react and, and emote and play pretty honestly. And I'm pretty physical and I think that helps, but yeah. And definitely rap battles has helped me be a lot better at characters, which usually plays pretty good too. It's, oh, yeah. it's, I don't, I don't mean to make this about us, but I'm just trying to process having never taken an improv class, but talking, talk to a number of people who come from that world, mm-hmm. uh, I'm very fascinated with it because it, I mean, we do a lot of improv and we just kind of feel our way through it. Yeah. And even in deciding how we want to take a particular episode, we're having a conversation this morning about who should lead and who should react depending on the thing. So I'm just like, okay, who's the head and who's the heart? That's pretty, It. I mean, it's there's a blur to the line, obviously. Yeah. But if you have to categorize us, it's pretty obviously Rhett's more of a head guy and I'm more of a heart guy. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The thing about... I don't, but I'm also the guy who like remembers all the lyrics. Right. I don't think that, I think that's a totally different thing. That's a totally yeah. different part of my brain. Mm-hmm. But like, if you tell me to remember a line or like, you got to deliver this in this way, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to zing them with this one. Yeah. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to flop. <laughs> but if, you're but like, if it's like some, a rap he learned in second grade, he can. Yeah, right off the top. Like yeah. The, but if it's a. Which I can't do at all. Just yeah. give me oh, an, really? give oh. me an, I'll just, uh, I'll give you an honest reaction and like, maybe it'll be funny. You yeah. know, it's kind of a. See, like, even when I said that voice, was that funny? Yeah, you're definitely, well, it's like this, it's like this thing. I, I don't know, I, I almost wrote a book about improv one time. There's like head and heart and character and self. So, are, are you making this stuff up? Is this no. your, are these your principles that w- oh, would be yeah. in your book? Yeah, that would really? be. Really? Yeah. The head and the heart, this is your thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. That's what I would. Well, I wrote a curriculum I, at the, I own this comedy theater and I, there's a training center and I wrote a curriculum for the, there's like six levels of classes there. And it's changed a little bit since then, but I wrote the first curriculum and, you know, you have six levels of improv and you go through, it's, you know, but head and heart and character and self. So the other thing, I don't know how much improv you've seen, but like some people play, some people play themselves on stage most of the time. Like they're like a version of like a Kevin Costner or Harrison Ford, you know, like the improvisers are the same way. Like they're not gonna, they don't change the way they improvise too much. And then there's guys like, like I think I'm more this way, you'd probably be this way too. It's like much more character based, like bigger. Shapeshifter. Yeah, like a Johnny Depp or like a Tom Hardy or somebody like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. who like play, really goes the other way. But you can have a guy who's like a character player, which is big and out there, but he can also play from his mind, you know what I mean? Which is what I think probably you would do if you're like a fairly cerebral guy but does characters, that's what you would do. See, I don't think I'm a mind guy at all. I think no? I'm a heart guy. It's heart, just, full of heart? Whatever. I'm all heart! Or whatever's, <laughs> gonna, whatever's gonna come out. The yeah. more calculated it is, the more it probably isn't gonna work Yeah, for that's, me. That's cool. If yeah. that's what you mean. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's true. We'll have to get you guys in an improv class and we'll find out. Well, yeah, we've we've talked we definitely talked about it because it's it's so every single almost everything we do is just pure instinct and not and it's just if there's any sort of curriculum, it's just something that we discussed yeah. amongst our ourselves. Well, you yeah, guys have been trying to discover. You guys have been friends for so long. It's yeah, like, that's that, so that, valuable. that helps, right? That's so valuable. So, Great. so I want to because you know I don't think a lot of people, a lot of people may not know that that you that you own this uh, comedy theater. So this is a big part of who you are mm-hmm. in your life. So, mm-hmm. and it really you, highlights that that pivotal moment where you switched over. 
to kind of go yeah. back to that point yeah, in so the story. Yeah, you, so you're, you're, you're trying improv uh, for the first time, and then where does that go? Um, I met, oh, so, so I was in college. I auditioned for this improv thing on crutches. I met a guy named Aaron Krebs, uh, who I still work with today, own the theater with today, um, and got into this improv group, started improvising. And this is where? At UMass. Okay, UMass. And at UMass, the first year there, I was like hanging out with all the jocks and all like the jock guys because that's where I was. I was, and I didn't really, it never felt like I fit in. I just didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't have, like they would like, like bust each other's balls all the time and really, you know how, I don't know, there's certain pe- people like, they could be friends with you, but they're going to like, they're macho kind of. I didn't mm-hmm. get, I didn't like that. So I ended up meeting these improv dudes and we got along really well. And I finally had this clique of friends and we started like doing these shows and doing a show every week and the audiences grew and grew and grew. And then we started touring a little bit and there was six of us guys who really clicked six of us and so after i got hurt in college that it was my junior year at the end of the year um three of those six guys were going to graduate and and then the the group was kind of going to fall apart so i was like f this so i me and aaron got drunk on a 12 pack of corona and he was going to go to um new york city and like take a job at like a bank or something for like 40 grand a year Mm -hmm. which at that time was a lot um but I was like, man, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. What are we doing? Let's go do this. So we're like, all right. So I dropped out of college, uh, convinced two other guys to drop out of college. And then the other three guys who graduated, we all got in a van that summer. We packed all of our stuff into a van and we drove together to Chicago in a van, rented a big house. You living. talked all the five other guys, three of which were graduating. They yeah. needed direction. The other two needed to be redirected. Yeah. And so you were like, let's go. Did you get any phone calls from angry parents? No, they, everybody was super supportive. Everybody was like, I think they knew. They could tell there was something special about that thing. What was your name? Because you had a name. My name? Agent Snake Eyes. <laughs> well, I've met the whole group, but you personally had a name? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. It, was, it's, it still is Mission Improbable. Yeah. Mission MI's, Improbable. MI's West Side Comedy Theater. Mission Improbable's West Side Comedy Theater. Agent Snake so, Eyes. Agent Snake Eyes. You better believe it. <laughs> G.I. Joe did, reference. I didn't know you all had to have individual names. Yeah. Again, and it, that, that's more of a rapper thing. Yeah, you know? And yeah, and I was, when that's that was me. Like when I was in the beginning, like now guys have names like Agent Knuckle Sandwich or Pool, like Agent like Ham and Cheese or whatever. But I was like, no, man, the show's funny enough. We should have cool names like Agent Snake Eyes or <laughs> Falcon or Hurricane or Hatchet Face or something. <laughs> as long so, as it was a G.I. Uh, Joe reference. Yeah, man. Agent Destro. Until you moved into one house. One, one big, big house. Zartan. Yeah. Uh, that's who, Agent Zartan. Yeah. I'll be your dreadnought, sir. Oh yeah, and when you when you get to Chicago, did anybody know anything about Chicago? No, you just knew this was like the improv capital of. Yeah, we had we had a festival at our college, and we brought a group from Chicago there to perform and do uh, workshops. And we met a woman named Liz Allen, and she became like our guru. And uh, so we moved there, became a, a, a like started studying. We did like group meetings. We had like a Monday business meeting and then a Wednesday rehearsal and a Friday rehearsal. And then we would all take classes at IO or Second City. We just lived and breathed and did and, everything. And how, how, how are you paying for this at that point? Working, waiting tables. One guy was like a, a assistant to an EMT. One guy did a temp job. And yeah. what, what were you doing? I was waiting tables at, yeah, restaurant, bartending. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and then one by one we moved to Chicago. And then some of the guys peeled off. You know, they're not all with us anymore. But me and Aaron, the guys who started the plate, the thing, we, yeah, I saw him last night, did shows. Like, you guys, I've known that guy longer than I haven't known him now. And then- And that's how I met Pete. So after we were in Chicago- Oh, you met Pete in Chicago. Met him in Chicago, freestyle rapping on a porch in the house. Yeah, Pete was house. like, he was just itinerant, right? Uh, he could have been anywhere, from he, what I remember of his story. Yeah, he was- I Reference mean, that air biscuit if you want to. Yeah, he he, he was trying to figure things out for himself at yeah. the same time. He was he was in Chicago studying comedy like a lot of guys, and I didn't even really know him at first as a musician. I didn't know he was a music guy at all. But he was on a porch. What? This house that we had, it was like this three sixteen fifteen West Byron. It was like we would throw these giant improv parties. That's what we did when we got to the community. We we're like, let's drink. So we would throw like these keggers, six, seven kegs, and like, and like, we came from that. We kind of brought that vibe, and a lot of the guys in Chicago at that time were kind of nerdy, kind of impish improvisers, and we just brought this party element and just got everybody involved, and it was really fun. And so we, there was like this back hour where everybody would smoke and stuff, and we were out on the porch just in doing that freestyle thing that we had been doing since college. And, and you know, it was me and my buddy Reese and Jeff would fr- and my other buddy Hobie. And then there was this other kid who could actually rap. And usually there was not a lot of guys who could rap as good as us because we were we had been doing it for a couple of 
years. Yeah. And Pete was there like in his own little thing. And I was like, let's kick it <laughs> So uh, that's how we met. Yeah. And then, um, but you didn't immediately begin working together at that point. No. Mission Improbable started touring. We would tour colleges. And then after we toured, like I toured for about four years and then it gets really hard, but there's improv is great because you can do the same format because it's a different show every time. So we started hiring out like second crews and so pete became one of the guys we hired as a second crew so he you know he as one guy got married and had a kid or whatever couldn't tour anymore like we would bring other guys on mm-hmm. so pete and i toured together doing the mission improbable show for a couple of years and that you know i learned he played guitar we started you know making some music together and then when i came out here he came out about a year later and we just stayed in touch and then the rap battles would started as a live show at the west high comedy theater okay so you came out here first mm-hmm uh, and so how did the whole Chicago thing wrap up? And then what made you come to LA? Aaron, the guy that I started it with was always very set. He's from Texas. So I guess it's closer or whatever. He knew what it was like, but he was like, I gotta go to Chicago, uh, LA. So he moved out first and it was like this gray area. Cause we would be touring. I'd only be home like three months out of the year. So it's like, you never really had a place where you were staying anyway, but like he moved out there first. And then our other buddy, Jason moved out there. And then just one by one, we started to like, matric because we knew like improv is great but it doesn't have it's you got to do something with it you know you got to write something or do a show there was no internet at that time there was no it was either get on tv or snl or you don't um so we were like all right we better go to la and you know that's where what we want to do is biggest so we never thought about doing a theater that wasn't the idea it was like write a tv show or something okay right you 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 wanted to take the traditional path which is like uh improv and then move into traditional yeah entertainment yep and then where did uh, Josie come into this? Where did you I met her? Josie at a show in South Dakota. Yeah, so her South sh- Dakota, South Dakota. She's from Wyoming, but she went to school in South Dakota. So, um, yeah, she was. Uh, I wooed her with my comedy stylings. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was during one of the trips, one of the tours, trips yeah. to one of the tours. Yeah, there's a picture of me because uh, they're, they're like the contacts at the schools will like hire the groups or whatever, and there'll be like student activities boards of like students who work on these crews or whatever uh-huh. so there's Josie was like the lead on that show so there's a picture of me meeting Josie the first night me Josie Pete and all the guys and we're like hanging out it's like the first night I ever met my wife that's cool yeah it's kind of nice yeah and okay so eventually and when was that when did you meet her how long has that been uh that was geez oh. uh three. okay and then you guys got married when uh, nah, 2009. So we've been married just over four years. No, 2009. No, that's that's six years, Lloyd. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it keeps going. The time. We've been married for five years, so. Whenever that is. We got okay. engaged in 2009, I think. Oh, God. Sorry, babe. Sounds right. <laughs> She's not yeah, listening. Yeah. Uh, we'll edit that out. We won't. Maybe yeah. we will. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pete moves to, to LA, uh-huh. and you guys get back together and say, let's, let's start this. Did it start as Epic Rap Battles of History? Was that that was no, the, the it, first it was a idea? Complete accident. It was a complete accident because I never even like I didn't watch online videos before the rap battles. Like my second video was Vader Hitler, so I wasn't like like into it. You know, I didn't right. know anything. The rap battle started inside of a live show called Check One Two. So it was me and Zach who I met on the road, and he was another guy that we would rap with all the time. And, and when he moved to LA, I was like, we should do a, a like a comedy freestyle rap show so we made this show called check one two and it was like an hour show and have like five minute long segments and you know it was like hold up your stuff and we would rap about somebody's keys or rap about whatever like what's your name rap about rat or rap about link and then one of the one of the segments was a a celebrity rap battle okay and we we would get two suggestions from the audience and it would be like okay barbara streisand versus lionel richie and then we would go off and put these fake necklaces on and be like everybody knows there's a long-standing beef between barbara streisand and lionel richie people are getting shot no one can get out their house <laughs> we're gonna bring it now to the stage we're gonna squash the beef in this rap battle so then we would freestyle rap battle and pete came and saw that show and this is all, I mean, yeah. completely improv. And how yeah. often does yeah. it not work? Like I mean, about 50% of the time. <laughs> really? It failed about 50%. But when you it, come up with some cool stuff. When it fails, how would you deal with that? Well, you make, when you're watching a show, the audience understands that it's really hard. So yeah, yeah. as long as you have charisma and you can keep going, you're fine. It's just about not being embarrassed. You can't lose confidence and just yeah. go into yourself. Yeah, yeah, how yeah, important yeah. is it for it to rhyme 
It, which is more important? That like, oh, I said something funny, or that it actually rhymed. It, has, it to has to rhyme, right? One guy, one guy can get away with it if like if it's like so me versus as a joke, as a joke. But one guy has to be able to put it together. So, so you you can do it without a beat. Like if you watch rap battles online, a lot of the rap battles they don't have beats, so you can kind of like it's it's stretch it's, it out. You can stretch it out. It's not mm-hmm. you don't have to be as articulate. So we would do both. But um, I told that. You know, I kept talking about this rap show with Pete because he and I used to freestyle a lot. And I told him about, about this segment. And he had just started with Maker because I, I got an email at the theater from a gentleman named Benny Fine. Uh, <laughs> and I still have it saved. And he was looking for writers or comedy people for this upstart company that they were doing uh, where they would take YouTubers and put them and help them collaborate together. And that was the station at the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah. And eventually I become sent, maker. Eventually became maker and now it's Disney. So I sent Pete over there and they hired him as like a little songwriter. So, so that, you got Pete... Pete owes his, fine, almost his whole life the to The Fine Brothers emailed you just yeah. blindly as the as a as, as for a the, theater opener, yeah. Yeah, and then you sent Pete over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pete started doing YouTube and getting really into that. And then when he saw the 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 show, he was like, I love this segment, dude. I think we should do a video of it. I think we should call it Epic Rap Battles of History. And we'll ask like the audience you know, whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever, fine. I'll, <laughs> sure. I'll come over after work or whatever. Because he had made other videos. He was yeah. making his like picture songs and, yeah, and he, he was did. getting going. Yeah. yeah, he was doing the musical comedy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at that time, if if you got a thumbs up from Shea Carl or Kasim G, that could change your whole world, you know, and they were doing that at the station and a maker. So he, he was like, I think we should do this rap battle thing. And then, uh, so we wrote the song. We picked a beat. We wrote the song pretty quick. And then I went in. And, and, sh- and who was it? Which one was it? Uh, John Lennon versus Bill O'Reilly. And then yeah. I met Dave. Dave McCary was the third and very, very most, very not most important, but a very important part of this. Dave uh, came up with, because I, I had done videos before, but I was like, oh, whatever. Usually it was like, eh, whatever. But I walked in, did the thing. It was cool. It was fun. We did this rap thing. And then I left. And then like maybe a week later, they sent me this cut. And I was like, whoa, that is Far better than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Like it was just now. Was just this was just the track. This no. Or was this was the video. This was a, like a rough cut of the video. Okay. Okay. So it had all this stuff going on, and it was like all this. It was just engaging right yeah. away. I knew it was something pretty cool. Um, and Dave had edited it. Dave had edited majority of it, and he you know he came up with the logo even you know and, and P- now and now Dave is at SNL right yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, so that's where it started and then. Yeah, that's where I could talk so about myself. So you were like, I'm gonna I'm back in I, I'm gonna come back in for another one of these. Let's well, keep doing this. Yeah, I mean that was the it was the Because it was how how big was that one? It was the first I mean, one Vader I, Hitler was two, number two? Two, yeah. Right. So that's the one that really took off. Yeah, yeah, that's the one that did it. Yeah. But it didn't take I mean the first one I remember looking on Pete's channel and being like, Whoa, the video I'm in is like the second most viewed channel on P on Pete's channel. It was pretty cool. It was like four or five hundred thousand views, which was good. But then Vader Hitler went really really big and then then we kind of followed it up with norris and uh abe lincoln and that i think the fact that we did three of them in a row that were pretty good mm-hmm. they were all good but they were you know it never got really corny it never got really cheesy the the concept held and also maker was like on this trajectory and youtube itself was like it was like all at the crust of this wave right there i don't know it was like 2008 or 9 or whatever yeah. we were all kind of and you guys too like they, it was all growing really quickly so it just got happened. And then, so by episode eight, I quit the theater or I left. I didn't, you know, I was like, hey, I got to go do this thing. And then I started working on Rap Battles full time. What's your favorite personal performance? Like, ah, that's a good one. I, I, I really, I'm Italian and I really enjoyed playing uh, Al Capone. Yeah. I feel like it was like, I felt like I owed it to my people, you know? So I enjoyed that. And I think that people enjoyed me as that character, which really felt, it felt good to do that because it was nerve wracking. I really Did he email that. you afterwards? Oh yeah, the Capone family. You know, you know. Uh, I think that I have to say Hitler to some extent because that character's been so good to us. Did he email you? <laughs> I got an email from Hitler. I feel like I don't know if I mean I feel like I can I can play that version of Hitler in places that you shouldn't be able to play Hitler. You know, just because of whatever that is. That, yeah, the sort of like Germany thing. So right. Uh, I, I really loved Walter White. I really loved Hannibal Lecter this last time that we did. I'm really loving. 
some of the battles that we we have coming in the new uh, six. So well, I, I, like I the, saw some pictures like the, that yeah. excited me. Yeah, a lot. I like the tough guy guy. I like the tough guy characters. Right. I guess that's always been my thing. Maybe it's the athlete in me, but I and, like those guys. And, and one of the things that you you've done is you've you, you know you've developed your own online presence uh, mm-hmm. apart from ERB uh, with the Epic Lloyd channel. You and. Um, one of one of the, I don't know how many you're doing anymore, but one of the I really enjoyed all the ones that you have done are the disraps. Yeah, for hire. Yeah, tell us about how that idea came about. First of all, I apologize to everybody out there for not doing more of these. I really wish I could, and it's not that I don't want to do them. I just I don't know, and maybe you guys, I don't know how you guys do all the videos that you do. I I, I just haven't had time to sit down and like punch one out or like write one out. So so I came disraps for hire came from me. So a kid, when there used to be like your front page of YouTube or whatever, it was like mm-hmm. that front page. And a kid just wrote me, I started putting up little raps and stuff like that. But a kid wrote me and was like, um, hey, my older brother has been picking on me. His name is Charles. Uh, he, he, he's, he's got a, a weird Guido mustache and he never <laughs> likes any of the food on his plate to touch. But he picks on me all the time. He won't leave me alone. Please write a rap destroying him. <laughs> And I was, <laughs> so I was like, yes, sir. I'm all over this. Yeah. So I came up with this idea. Like, I was like, that sounds fun. You know, it was like, and it felt like the type of thing. And then it felt like the type of thing that if, if you liked a rap battle, you, you might like this, you know, it was like a good example of like a successful sort of spinoff. I was able to drop little hints about the battle in the disraps videos. So people would be like, oh, he wrote on the chalkboard. What's that thing? So, so you, the, you ripped Charles a new one. I did rip Charles lyrically. a new one. Yes, I did. I lyrically did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so so you still want to get back to doing those yeah. more often. Yeah. I mean, what what's the what's the main thing? I mean, there's the Epic Studios web series. Yeah, I did a web, I'm doing a web series called Epic Studios that's uh, hopefully going to get produced uh, in uh, early 2016 in Toronto. Um, and that's like a, a workplace comedy that is about a guy who inherits a studio from his dad who gets killed by a lion. Uh, <laughs> Don't say all. It's, it's so hard. So hard to, to cope when it happens so much. <laughs> um, so yeah, Epic Studios. Did you write this? Uh, I, I, I wrote it with Aaron, the guy I went to college with, and his wife, Jill. And... Wait, what's the outlet for this? Or um, that's TBD still. It's like it's hopefully. I think it's going to be online. I think it's going to be online, but it's um, it's still in like uh, the process of maybe getting maybe getting picked up or not. But hopefully, the chances are good. And is it like you shot a pilot or we tr- we shot a sizzle reel? It's called like a sizzle reel. So we shot a sizzle reel for that up in Toronto, and it's it's through the uh, in Canada. Uh, you get like federal grant money to to make art and stuff. So it's like this application process for that. So we're in like the second or third round of that. So hopefully we'll get picked up, which would be really cool. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So Epic Studios and then Disrupts for Hire on the Epic Lloyd channel and try to do that and just original music. And then the big news is the Rap Battles Tour, which is in August. We start we start touring um, in the middle of August, right after this season gets over. And then we go on tour in the United States for a month. And then we go and then we're going over to Europe. So the UK and France and Spain and um, a bunch of dates over there. So I'm oh. really, really excited for that. Can we come? Yes, you absolutely <laughs> can come. Abs- actually... If we do a, if we do a show here in yes. LA, we're going to ask you guys to come so, <laughs> and perform. So that did you just ask? Because uh, yeah. we just said yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm talking Spain too. I yeah, mean, dude, hey, I can, can swing by Spain. Yes. <laughs> swing by. Swing um ole. <laughs> yeah, I I'd, I'd love that. Yeah. We, we got to practice a little bit more than we did before we got up there for VidCon and like started our like Mario Brothers thing. Like that's hard. At though. The wrong. It's hard. It's like the crowd was very loud. We got to start. Loud. We had to start the song. Yeah, I'm I like, was, I'm like was, looking at. I'm like looking we at. We were you so and Pete mad. And like, come on, wink or something. <laughs> we, we we were so mad at ourselves after that, and uh, nobody noticed except us and, then and I, Pete I like, and you. I was just. Right. Ma- we, I was mad. We were going back home. We were driving back up to L.A. from Anaheim, and I was just mad. And I texted uh, Pete and was just like, man. Feel so bad for not coming in at the right time. We're the right brothers, and we started at the wrong time. <laughs> and he was like, "Man, don't worry about Dude, it." I cared. totally screwed up Vader uh, Hitler at uh, playlist. Uh, Vader Hitler starts with a, and there's like no, there's yeah. no like. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? It's just like you got to be in here like two click three, track. Well, yeah, and then we and we put that in, but the click track or the beat is like the hardest thing to hear when there's like a big audience or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like. 
I missed it. So like, the, it's like the biggest nightmare ever, aside from forgetting, literally forgetting the words, which I didn't do. Thank God. But like, it was just me being like, I made off Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It was bad. Okay, I feel a little bit better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, dude, this was fun. You got to sign the table. You All earned right. it. Thank you. And there you have it, our Ear Biscuit with Epic Lloyd. Let him know what you think. Tweet at him, the Epic Lloyd. Use hashtag Ear Biscuits. Always appreciate you guys tweeting at our guest and let them know that what you think and what you appreciate about their conversation. Uh, as always, a privilege to talk uh, to a guy that is doing something that is of such a high quality and, you know, I gotta say, it's a privilege. I've it's been, a privilege. I've been looking at the uh, the comments on the recent rap battle featuring us. I think we were in that. I remember that? Um, and lots of people were saying, "I have no idea who these people are. I don't know who Lewis and Clark are, and I don't know who Bill and Ted are." And I gotta say, what that means, first of all, is that a people don't watch great movies from the eighties. B people don't un- know history. The second point. I think we have influenced because well, you know, I don't have to tell you that I haven't seen Bill and Ted's right, Excellent of course, Adventure. Of course, and what was you're the not supposed one? to mention that? You're supposed to just let that. You don't need to acknowledge that. You don't. You're not. You don't need to be part of the problem because you're part of the solution, which is the second point. People don't know history. Oh, I do know who Lewis and Clark until are. now. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Millions of people out there, Link. The only thing they know about Lewis and Clark is what we have taught them as Lewis and Clark. When they think Lewis and Clark, they see me and you. How does that make you feel? That is the responsibility. We represent American heroes to kids everywhere. Maybe this, well, if I would have known that, I'd probably been even more nervous. Oh, really? In the recording booth. Oh, I gotta get this right. But it turned out really great, I think. Um, also for the Wright brothers. I mean, more people know who the Wright yeah, brothers are. Yeah, first in flight, more people do know. That, you know, they invented the airplane. And in, then in the, North Carolina. the Renaissance. They didn't invent it in North Carolina. I know they invented it in Ohio and then they flew it in North Carolina. But we don't care. We're going to take credit for it because they flew it at Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. Yeah, so it's, it's nice to be a part of a, of the educational thrust of hip-hop music on the internet. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> that's one way to think about it. All right, guys. You know what we're going to do. We're going to give you another one of these next week. So... Uh, Open your hearts, open your minds, open your ears for the biscuit. All you have to do just, is receive it. Just lay down right here and just just put these headphones on and don't, this don't think about anything. This is getting a little weird. Don't think about anything, it, just listen. This is like the, kind, the way you talk to somebody before you kill them. Or just before you put them under for like dental work. Okay, count backwards from 10. Nine, eight. You started at nine. Seven, six, five, four, three, 